mini-sode, we'll be discovering the story behind Taurus and locating the Pleiades star cluster. The following episode is ideal for listeners in the UK, Northern Europe, Northern USA and Canada during the fourth week of November 2020. You're listening to The Pocket Astronomer, your audio guide to the stars. I'm Mark Thompson and I'm addicted to stargazing. After listening to this podcast, I really hope that you will be too. In these November special editions, I'll be challenging you to make a new observation every week. And by the end of the month, you should have a great feel for new parts of the sky. I'll also be giving you facts, figures, myths and legends about each observation. And remember, you don't need any telescope or binoculars, just your eyes and a sense of adventure. To get the most out of this podcast, you need to head outside around 9pm local time in the last week of November. Before you head outside, here are four important things to remember. Make sure you wrap up warm. Make sure your garden is free from any trip hazards. If you start to feel cold or disorientated, don't be afraid to take a break. You can pause and rewind this guide at any point. When you're ready, we'll begin. Glad you can make it. Before we begin, it's a good idea to get our eyes acclimatised to the night sky, so turn off any lights in the garden or the house, or at least close all the curtains. Now find yourself a comfortable spot. I like to stand, but you might find it easier to sit down or even lie on the grass. Comfortable? Great. Now count to 20 whilst you let your eyes get used to the dark. This gives the iris of your eye time to fully open or dilate. It actually takes a good 40 minutes for your eye to become fully dark adapted, so you'll notice that you can see more and more as we wander among the stars together. Five, four, three, two, and one. There. You should now be starting to see the night sky more clearly. It's time to make tonight's observation. And remember, if you need a few moments, feel free to hit pause at any time and I'll wait for you. Taurus and the Pleiades star cluster. Our final target in this special November edition is the constellation Taurus the Bull, and he can be seen rising up in the southeastern sky. Taurus is actually Latin for bull, and there are many myths about this great animal. In one legend, Zeus disguised himself as a white bull, and, mingling in with the herd of King Agnor, he managed to entice the king's daughter. She climbed upon his back, and he swam out to sea. They arrived at Crete, where Zeus revealed himself to her and seduced her. Their child was Minos, who became king of Crete. To find Taurus, we need to look over in the east. That's the direction that the sun rises in. Gaze generally over in that direction to find a bright yellow star about six fist widths above the horizon. This star is Capella, and we've used that before to get started. Found it? Press pause if you need a few moments to get there, and remember, 
you can skip backwards if you need to hear these instructions again. From here, it's easy to get a little bit confused as there are quite a few bright stars in this region of the sky. Three fist widths to the lower right of Capella is a red star known as Aldebaran. To make sure you're in the right place, you should be able to see another brighter red star two fist widths to the lower left of Aldebaran, which is Betelgeuse in Orion. But our interest tonight is with Aldebaran. Of all the stars in Taurus, Aldebaran is the brightest and marks the eye of the bull. It's a binary star system with two stars orbiting around each other, a giant orange star and a fainter red dwarf companion. It's 44 times the diameter of the Sun and its surface temperature is around 2000 degrees cooler. Back in 1972, the Pioneer 10 spacecraft was launched. It visited Jupiter and Saturn before heading out to the stars in the direction of Aldebaran. But it's a long journey ahead because it won't arrive for another 2 million years. Press pause and take a few moments to enjoy Aldebaran and have a gaze around it. Can you see a geometric pattern of stars? What shape do they form? Just to the right of Aldebaran is a fainter triangle of stars known as the Hyades star cluster, which marks the head of Taurus the bull. It looks like Aldebaran is part of that cluster, but in reality, the cluster is over twice as far away. The cluster is made up of between 300 and 400 stars, but only five of them can be seen easily to the naked eye. Starting from Aldebaran and heading to the right, the stars are Theta Tauri, just one finger width away, then Gamma Tauri at the point of the triangle, moving back in the other direction again is Delta Tauri, and finally Epsilon Tauri, which lies just above Aldebaran. The cluster is thought to be 625 million years old, which in stellar terms is relatively young, because our Sun by comparison is 4.6 billion years old. Press pause for a few moments and explore the Hyades cluster. Drop back down to Aldebaran again and then measure just over one fist width to the upper right and you'll see another much smaller and fainter cluster of stars. This is the Pleiades cluster, also known as the Seven Sisters. Like Taurus, there are many legends about the Seven Sisters, but my favourite is the Polynesian legend, which tells how the cluster used to be a single bright star. The Polynesian god Tain was no fan of the star because it kept boasting about how bright it was and how beautiful it was, so the legend tells how Tain smashed the star into pieces, creating the glittering star cluster. The Pleiades is even younger than the Hyades cluster at just 100 million years old, but about three times further away. There are several hundred stars in the cluster, yet typically only around six of them can be seen with the naked eye. Have a look and see how many you can count. Pause the podcast and come back when you're ready. I'll be here. How many stars could you see? I can see about seven, but I'm not sure if I can definitely see the seventh or not. 
Head back to Aldebaran again, one and a half fist width to the left and up a little is Elnath. Its name translated means the butting one and it represents one of the bull's horns. Taurus can be thought of as the head of a bull facing you with Elnath making one horn, the Hyades marking its head and Aldebaran its eye. The other horn, well, we'll come to that in a moment. Elnath is a hot giant star, a little over twice the temperature of the sun, but shining with a luminosity 700 times brighter. Studying the light of Elnath, we can tell that it's nearing the end of its life, and within a couple of million years, it will become a cool giant orange star. Less than a fist width below Elnath is Zeta Tauri, a fainter blue-white star. Its colour tells us that it's among the hottest stars in the sky since red stars are cooler, white stars are hotter and blue stars are hotter still. Zeta Tauri is blue-white and has got a temperature of 17,500 degrees, which is 4,500 degrees hotter than Elnath, which is itself 10,000 degrees hotter than Aldebaran. Now I don't know about you, but I'm ready to head indoors for a mug of hot chocolate. Take it easy though, as the bright lights indoors may seem a bit overwhelming to start with. Congratulations, you've completed all of my November stargazing challenges. Next month, we've got a very special podcast lined up for you, but in the meantime, if you've got any questions you want to ask me, simply email me at mark at thepocketastronomer.com and I might read yours out on the show. Equally, I'd love to receive any pictures of your own observations. The best ones I'll share on our Facebook page at The Pocket Astro. Thanks for joining me on my audio guide to the stars. I can't wait to see you again next episode. I'm Mark Thompson. Goodbye. The Pocket Astronomer was a Wider the Chicken production. It was written and presented by Mark Thompson with help from Lorraine Kelly. The producers were Redsy Bernard and Dan Page. If you enjoyed the show, please do three nice things for us. Subscribe, rate us on iTunes and tell a friend.